0: Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. I've done this two days in a row. I've started the show with the same topic two days in a row. Let's go ahead and make it three. It's three, three for me. Oh, Alvy. I love it when Alvin does things that I do not expect. It's three. three for me. I've never heard that before. I like it. This is going to be three for me. So it's let three. me begin the program by shouting out to... San Diego, Poway, Rancho Penasquitas, Reaction, Mira Mesa, Chula Vista, I want to hear from somebody in Escondido, how about Encinitas, that starts with an E too, Lemon Grove, do you have a pulse, Spring Valley, is this thing on, A hey, Padre fan. This, in fact, is going to hurt you a hell of a lot more than it hurts me. Now, do not get this twisted. This is not like me being an LA native piling on you. I'm not picking sides here, even though I am an LA native. I'm not picking sides because I don't root and it's not personal. And by the way, I love San Diego, I've been there twice in the last two weeks. I love San Diego. I owe much of my life and my career to San Diego. So trust this, believe me, when I tell you I am not coming for you. I'm not looking to cause you any pain. That is the last thing I want to do to the good folks in America's finest city. I'm not looking to cause you pain. In fact, I feel your pain because your boys just took one hell of a beating this week. The Dodgers were coming to town, and the Padres had a chance to bust out. Everybody knew it, a chance to make a statement, a chance to turn their season around. Instead, they got worked, they got swept. L.A. goes into their house, breaks out the brooms, breaks them over your head, and I'm not sure what loss was the worst of the three. I mean, how do you decide, right? Was it the A.J. Pollock show on Tuesday? Was it the A.J. Pollock show on Wednesday? Or was it the Max Scherzer show last night? Normally, I would say it's definitely the 16-inning game because that was the one that could have gone either way. Like, you get beaten game one, fine, but you figure out a way to get a run across the plate in the 10th or the 11th or the 12th or 13th or 14th. You have to win game two. If you're going to play 16 innings, you sure as hell better win game two. Win game two, then you've got a chance to win that series and turn your season around. Instead, they get beaten at home in 16, and then they've got to come right back a few hours later and deal with Max Scherzer. Good luck with that. Have fun with that. That is some nightmare fuel right there. Actually, what that is is a special kind of hell. And it's even worse when it was not that long ago that you thought you were going to end up with this guy yourself, you thought that you would have Max Scherzer instead of having to deal with and face Max Scherzer. Hell, even he thought that he was going to be a Padre as well. He said as much the other day.
1: You know, usually Twitter can sniff out anything, and uh, you know it's coming through on Twitter that. You know, I was getting close to being a you know, Padre, and so, you know, obviously that was the one that teams I was going to accept the trade to was San Diego, so... But it's funny how things happen. It's the
0: way baseball goes, and it um, didn't happen, and I'm a Dodger. Funny how things happen. Hey, Padre fan, hilarious, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how things happen. You have your Padre fan sitting back right now going, man, that's funny. That is funny how things happen. <laughs> We lose game one. We endure like a nine hour nightmare in game two. And then, hey, what do you know? The guy that we were supposed to end up with, that we thought we had, just shuts us down. Man, that is funny stuff. <laughs> That's funny. That is really funny how stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, I bet there's not a Padre fan, dead or alive, who finds any humor in that, especially when Max shows up the way he did last night. Speaking of dead or alive. Rit, you got about three weeks left over a ground, above ground, man. Make the most of it. It just hit me in the middle of the take. I'm sorry, bro. Anyway, anyway, Scherzer was filthy, right? Pitched into the eighth, struck out 10, allowed two hits. I know I'm going to regret making all those dead jokes about you one day, Rit, because one day you're going to be dead, and probably sooner than later. You know, if I saw that jungle death pool, bro, you'd be number one. What are you drinking? That better be water in that mug. Anyway, Scherzer, I digress. Scherzer did it when the Dodgers needed it most because they used 10 pitchers last night. 10. A bunch of arms in the bullpen were not available last night, and it turns out they were not needed last night because Max Scherzer did what he does. He had them covered. Man, this dude is a horse. He's a boss. He's an ace. That's a guy who saw his team battle for 16 innings the night before and said, I'm not losing tonight. Not only am I not losing tonight, I'm going to go deep tonight. I'm going to eat a lot of innings tonight. I'm going to eat a W. No, what he said was, I'm going to pick my guys up. And he sure as hell did. He nailed his colors to that mast early on, striking out the side in the first. The only time the Padres scared him, he then got this. That's a grounder that stopped by Turner. The second one. Trade a first. Double play. I mean, that's a guy who was a Padre for a minute. And here he is making a bad stretch for the Padres even worse. Because instead of making noise in that series, the Padres end up getting choked out. They get swept at home in late August when they desperately needed wins. The only good news for them is that they're two games out of the last wild card spot. So I'm not saying that their season ended right there. But if they do miss the playoffs, I'm going to say their season ended right there. Again, it was not supposed to be like this, right? San Diego's season was not supposed to go this way. It was not supposed to be about them battling desperately to get a wild card spot in August. We were talking about a team that was supposed to battle for the division. A team that was supposed to battle for a world championship. Instead, they just got worked by Big Brother. Now they've lost four straight and 12 of their last 14, and it's happening at the worst time. So the good news is the season is not officially over, Padre fan. The bad news is if they get into that wild card spot, right now they would have to face the guys who just went right through them. And then there's a good chance that they'd have to face Max Scherzer. And after last night, Mad Max is the last guy you want to see on the bump. He's struck out 41 in 29 innings since coming to L.A., which is pretty crazy, especially at 37, and especially after everything he's already accomplished. But this is not a guy looking to cruise into retirement. Man, this is a dude who still wants to go. This is a dude that's still looking to give people the hands. And it's pretty amazing, unless, of course, you're a Padres hitter or a fan. LA has won 17 of 20 since Scherzer made his first start for them. And again, the worst part for the Padres is they were this close to getting this guy, this close to having that guy on their side and having that kind of impact for them. Instead, Big Brother gets him, brother. and Big Brother keeps beating the crap out of Little Brother. Carl's brother. bad! Oh, man, that's gotta suck. See, bad. That must suck so bad, C-bad. <laughs> See what I did there? You deserve better, C-bad. Oceanside! O-side! See what I did there? Outrage is warranted! Hey, 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 Tommy, new kid! Get Steve Finley on the phone! Get him on the hotline right now, new kid! Hey, hey, yeah, yeah, hey, you, Chocula! Do it! Hey, hey, old kid! You, Garrett! Find me Sterling Hitchcock! Hey, Bob Tukes Perry, I know you love you some me. If you're listening, Tukes, no waiting. Right to the front. Hey, 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 Tukes, if it's busy, hit me up on the ladies line. We still have that? I want to hear from an ENT, ear, nose, and throat doc. How screwed am I? Am I going to get one of those holes in my throat from doing this and talk to people through a voice box? Droid. Hey, hey, Greg and Sun Valley, where are you, Droid? That's Mac. Greg. Droid. We're brothers. We both have voice boxes now. That's Mac. Greg. Sun Valley. Damn you, Padres. Holy crap. They punched you in the face. They ripped your nose off your face. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. I mean, I probably should have seen that coming, but I did not see that kind of beatdown coming. So, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live... Another that lets you stream your favorite shows and you're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a very simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called direct TV stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. I have it. I use it. I love it. That means no more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. Get rid of all that clutter and all that confusion and get your TV together once and for all with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package Kyle Whittingham is my guest Kyle it's good to have you back how are you doing good Jim thank you good thanks for doing it so we're less than a week away from your season opener I'm curious how is your camp gone and how does it feel to be six days away from kicking off against an opponent
2: well, camp went very well, and, and uh, you're right. The season's uh, right around the corner, and it was really a breath of fresh air from when you consider what we went through last year. You know, last, last year was miserable, and, and uh, trying to piece things together and to have some sense of normalcy was, was a very positive thing.
0: Last year was miserable, Kyle. So the team released its depth chart yesterday. Charlie Brewer is listed as the starting quarterback. What have you seen from him in camp so far?
2: Well, Charlie had a great spring, first of all. He transferred in uh, at mid-year, had a terrific spring, Um, picked up right where he left off uh, in fall camp and was doing the things that we hoped he would do when we got him here. You know, he was a very accurate passer at Baylor and uh, threw for a ton of yards. And and uh, when we came here, he just kept kept doing the same thing. And, and so he was exactly what we were expecting. Uh, had a great battle with Cam Rising uh, during fall camp. Cam was not available in spring ball. He was coming off an injury from last season, a very significant injury. And so uh, we uh, you know owed it to Cam to give him uh, every opportunity to win the job this fall. They competed, and uh, Charlie came out on
0: top. Kyle Whittingham is my guest, and for those who do not know, he's from Baylor. He already started 39 games, and it's gone for nearly 10,000 yards, so obviously there's some great value in somebody showing up who's got that kind of experience and maturity. Earlier in camp, Kyle, you made the point, quote, we have no shortage of leadership on this team. It feels a lot like the 19 team in a lot of regards, end of quote. I mean, that's really high praise given what that 2019 team did. So what have you seen from this group that reminds you of the leadership of that 19 team?
2: Well, first of all, the seniors have taken complete ownership uh, of what we're doing, and and uh, them plus the, we got a lot of juniors that uh, should have been seniors by now with the COVID freeze, and so we got, like everyone else in the country, everything got backed up a year. But but uh, we feel like we have uh, great uh, buy-in from our from our entire team, and and uh, like I said, the the, uh, the upperclassmen have really taken charge, and and I've never been around a, a great football team that didn't have great. Uh, Ownership from the uh, from the upperclassmen, and so we're we're hoping that uh, that will you know give us the results that we had in '19, and then as well we have a lot of talented kids, and this is a, a younger team than we had in '19. You know, we have uh, I think 65 of our. 85 scholarships are, you know, kids that are sophomores or freshmen. And so it's a lot of youth, but uh, a
0: lot of good talent in those classes. Kyle Winnickam, my guest, I was going to make that point too. You do have a lot of freshmen and a lot of sophomores and a great deal of youth. So that being said, you know, talking to you in the past, Kyle, I know the standard is the standard. The expectations do not change, but do you and the staff change the approach a little bit when you have a team that's that young or do you approach everything the exact same way regardless?
2: pretty much the same way and and you know the the team being uh young on paper it's not as young in reality due to the you know the guys that are listed as true freshmen actually have been here for a year and and so you know it, it's not completely uh, as young as it might appear at face value. But, but no, we go about our business. We have a process that we adhere to, and, and the expectations uh, in the program don't change much. And and uh, we are just doing doing our thing and, and moving ahead.
0: Talking to Kyle Whittingham, Utah head football coach. An opposing coach told the Athletic that your tight end, Brand Keithy, is, quote, a problem for everyone. He's a really challenging player to match up against. They line up in traditional 12 personnel formula- or formations but they can do a lot to spread Elman's schemes from it, and they'll use him as a fly motion threat, split him out of slot, single him up as an X receiver, And a quote. I mean, how valuable is it to have a guy like that who's a matchup nightmare in so many different spots on the field?
2: Well, he's a great weapon for us, and, and uh, once the ball's in his hands, he's a, he's a real playmaker. I mean, he was a running back in high school, ran for a ton of yards. We uh, made the transition to the, to the U-back position is what we call it. And uh, with Brandt, and you, you add uh, Cole Fotheringham and Dalton Kincaid, our other two tight ends, uh, we have a, a trio of tight ends that we think are exceptional and, and among the best in the country. And, and Dalton Kincaid might be the best-kept secret in the Pac-12. I look for him to have a really big year. But, but uh, back to Brandt, he is a guy that uh, we can move around a bunch of different locations, uh, put him in the backfield, uh, split him out at wideout like you mentioned, and you're going to see him doing a bunch
0: of those things this year. Kyle Whittingham, my guest. So earlier this month, the team got to see the new locker room. What was that experience like for everybody involved?
2: It was awesome. It was long overdue. You know, we'd had a, a south end zone that was... Uh getting pretty old and so it was a, a great uh addition to the stadium and already phenomenal stadium and just makes it even that much better the kids our players were really excited about uh the locker room and and everything that that comes with it it's not only locker room but uh recruiting space restaurant all that type of thing so it'll be it'll be a great recruiting tool as, tool as well but uh for right now our players are very deserving of it and uh it's uh kind of the the finishing touch i guess you could say on
0: on the stadium Kyle, on top of that, there's a locker for Ty Jordan, the Pac-12 Offensive Freshman of the Year last season who tragically passed away in December. For those who are listening and did not get the chance to know him, how would you describe him?
2: Ty Jordan was a special young man. Um, Played the game like it's supposed to be played, with with unbelievable passion, energy. Uh, He was just... uh, a guy that loved to practice. I mean, he loved everything about it. Type of kid that when he walked into a room, you know, his smile would just light up the entire room. And he's, you know, he's only with us for a short time, but he made a huge impact on our program and on our players. And and uh, you know, obviously, we're all devastated at his loss. And and uh, we're going to be uh, honoring him in several different ways this season, but time but meant so much to us and, and made such an impact in the short time that he was here.
0: Mm. Kyle Whittingham, my guest for a few more moments. Kyle, from the outside, it strikes me that you're as hungry and as focused and as locked in as you've ever been. Being a head football coach at a major program is a major meat grinder. It wears guys down. I know that you do what you can to stay really fresh and focused, maybe go skiing a little bit to unplug, but how do you manage to not get beaten down by all the work that comes with that job and the expectations
2: well i, I don't see it as work i, I just love it and uh, as long as i'm enjoying it i'm going to keep doing it and, and uh you know you're right it's been a long haul 17 years as the head coach and and of course i've, I've referenced this before but when we went to the pac-12 uh 10, 11 years ago it was it was very rejuvenating and, and uh, much like getting a new job I mean it was new challenges and and uh, a whole different uh, set of circumstances as far as recruiting and facilities and budget and staff and the and you know everything that comes with it so so it's been a great ride great adventure and a uh, great challenge and as long as I'm uh, enjoying it like I am I'm, I'm going to keep doing it
0: all right. so in terms of the conference itself you just mentioned that the pac 12 announced yesterday that it does not plan to expand I know you're f- focused on the work that's right in front of you but what was your reaction to that particular announcement
2: I think that was what I expected it was uh, you know I didn't I didn't think that uh, it would you know come out anything different than that and I think uh, there's still a lot of change that's going to happen in college football and the, and I think right now it would be a little bit uh, premature to to uh, expand and I think our commissioner handled it just right and we'll see what happens when uh, when things start to settle down a little bit.
0: Kyle, I want to ask you something before you go about what one Pac-12 coach told Athlon about you in the program. Quote, they're the most physical team in the conference every single year now. They're one of the meanest in the game. This is all wit. <laughs> it's his mindset. It's his attitude. Mental toughness is a cliche, but wit has those guys ready. I'm really curious. Like To me, personally speaking, off the cuff, Kyle, I think that mental toughness is the single most important attribute anybody can have in any walk of life if they want to accomplish anything at all so in your opinion how do you go about developing and improving mental toughness generally speaking
2: well first of all we start in recruiting you know we're looking for mentally tough guys competitive guys and that's that's a big part of our uh vetting process is, is getting those guys that that have that makeup and then once they get here uh you know we just hold them accountable and uh you know they become us we don't become them that's one of our mantras and and uh it just perpetuates itself. I mean you get in this program and you learn the Utah way and how we do things and the expectations are not going to change and you're going to uh either come to the party or you won't last and and uh that's kind of the way we handle things and, and uh I'm with you as far as the mental mental toughness aspect being a huge part of success not only in football but in life in general.
0: Right so really quickly what is how would you define or describe the Utah way?
2: Utah way. Blue collar uh come to work every day, uh you know, be a great teammate uh, the mentality that you need the team more than the team needs you and so nobody you know nobody's above the team and and the expectations and and uh, everybody pulling in the same direction and that I guess in a nutshell is what we're all about
0: I get it once again he's in his 17th year as a head coach the recipient of three national coach of the year awards and it fires up once again Thursday Utah number 24 in the preseason AP poll Kyle Whittingham is the head coach there Kyle I appreciate you and the relationship great to have you back thanks so much good luck.
2: Thank you, Jim. Appreciate you having me on.
0: So you're hanging out with some friends and you're putting back a few drinks and then a few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's not that big of a deal. What are the odds that you get pulled over anyway? Even so, what's the worst thing that could happen? Your insurance goes up a bit you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill somebody. Everybody knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic. They're often deadly. However, that still does not stop everybody from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. This is why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. If you think it's okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe. Plan ahead. Get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or somebody else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA. So starting with this, this morning, Adam Schefter tweeted, quote, Jameis Winston has been named the Saints starting quarterback and will make his first start for New Orleans on opening day versus Green Bay, per sources, end quote. Yeah, that's really surprising. No brainer there. Not a tough call to make. It is the right call, which is why I made that call myself on Tuesday. Sean Payton was not ready to announce it after the Monday night game, but Jim Rome was. And I hate to say I told you so, but actually I did tell you so. Like, going with Jameis makes so much sense on so many levels. First of all, the guy was absolutely throwing the hell out of it against Jacksonville on Monday night. There were a couple of throws to Marquez Callaway, for instance, that you could hang in an art museum. Like that good. Like this one.
2: Second and six. Winston will load up and throw it down the middle of the field. There is heavy contact on Callaway. And the flags come in. Wow. Touchdown. Marquez Callaway.
0: Right around that time, Herb looked like he was going to quit again. And then show up at USC. And that was after the first one. Then this happened.
3: Second down to nine. Winston under pressure. Throw for Callaway and he's caught. Touchdown.
2: Marquez Callaway. A second spectacular touchdown catch tonight.
0: True. But the thing about Jameis is it was not just a matter of him throwing dimes. It's not just about the throws that he's making. It's about the throws that he's not making. You know, the ones into trouble where he's forcing it into traffic, looking to make something happen, looking for the long ball, looking for the home run. In the past, he would do that. And when he would do that, The only thing that would happen when he tried to make something happen would be a turnover. But so far in the exhibition season, he's made the right decision and the safe decision. He takes what the defense gives him, and he takes the big shot when it's there. He looks like a different player. So going with Winston as the starter is a smart decision and the safe decision and frankly, an easy decision. Because it keeps the Saints offense looking the way the Saints offense has always looked. And it keeps Taysom Hill as the change of pace Swiss Army knife that he is. Look, I know Hill is not going to be thrilled. The guy's a competitor. He's 31 now. I know how badly he wants to be a starting quarterback. But if you went with Hill as the starter, Winston is not a change of pace guy. Not in that case. But if you go with Winston, that means that Hill is still the ultimate change of pace. And if you want to use both, that's the best way to do it. So absolutely no surprise in that announcement that Jameis won the starting job. He earned it. He deserves it. Quickly, I want to also talk about Cam Newton. So Cam was back in camp after that five-day sabbatical due to a misunderstanding of COVID protocol. And I want to make this point one more time. I will never understand how there could be any misunderstanding of COVID at this point. The COVID protocol at this point. I mean, how how is anybody misunderstanding that? Given the stakes involved, that can't happen. There is no valid excuse as to how that could happen. I mean, how was there a misunderstanding? How? I am misunderstanding how a misunderstanding happened. Like, I don't know who that's on either the player or the team or both, I just know that that cannot happen. Like, there is no gray area here. That flat out cannot happen. Not when Cam Newton is battling for a starting job and he's on the contract that he's on. Again, I'm not sure who that is on or exactly what happened. It's just a bad look. A bad look for the player and a bad look for the team. And it would be an even worse look if they didn't have Mac Jones playing as well as he is. I mean, imagine if they had to roll with some slap. What if they had to roll with some slap while Cam was out? Then it would be a horrible look. Instead, they've got Jones. And Jones may, in fact, have won that job himself. He may have won that job during those five days. Now, I know what you'll say. Cam Newton was back. Cam was the first guy on the field for everything yesterday. Cam took all of the reps with the starters, which means he's the starter, right? Well, to quote a wise man, eh, let's not get into that. Because the fact is, Mac Jones also got some run with the starters yesterday, and he keeps on impressing everybody around him, including the vets. You know, the same vets that love Cam. Linebacker Dante Hightower was talking about how Jones has done all the extra work to look at defensive plays, and he likes what he's seeing from the rookie.
1: You know, conceptually see, you know, how we kind of work and stuff. So, you know, I give him credit for that because, I mean, you know, not a lot of young guys would see that as an opportunity, and he did that on his own.
0: See, the thing is, vets are not throwing that praise around generally for young guys, and especially in that system, on that team, in that culture. Again, I'm not going to read too much into that comment, but it does tell you that Jones has earned the respect in that locker room. And, again, that's a locker room that clearly loves Cam. But it's not like they hate the Rook. Far from it. Far from it. You know that old adage. You can't lose your job due to injury. Which, by the way, is not true. You can. Guys do. But you can lose your job due to a misunderstanding over COVID protocol. I guarantee that's true. Maybe. Possibly. But if it does happen, that would be about the dumbest thing ever. Honestly. So, does all of that mean that Jones is the starter? Not necessarily. Bill Belichick is always going to do what Bill Belichick always does, which is whatever the hell the hood wants. You don't believe me. Go ask Malcolm Butler about getting benched in the Super Bowl. Bench the salt. If the hood man can bench the butler. Bench the salt. If he can bench his all-pro corner and then watch his defense give up 41 and 374 yards in the air, in the Super Bowl, then I would say anything is possible. So, I can't say that those five days off cost Cam his job, but I can say it didn't help, and it was completely preventable, and it should have never happened. Hey, you want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back that you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. Now, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations do apply. Head What's cracking? What's up? Over 61 and a half on
1: Ritz's age, Jim, if that is really a bet. God, over. that is so
0: funny. I was going to say to you, it's over so and funny and you said and that. And I was going and to and say to and you, and if you had an over-under over on his over age, what would it have and been? And but then I was not going to say and 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 it, and you did it anyway. And At a boy, so you're going with that. the over. Guaranteed, like beating the Orioles. Over, over. Yeah, all and right, so he's got the over on 61. Well, the thing is, it is 61 so we don't have to talk about an over or an under the start of the NFL season head but, yep. but thanks for that
1: mm-hmm.
0: the, <laughs> the start of the NFL season is right around the corner and we've spent the last couple of weeks hitting some NFL futures on the over under on both passing and rushing yardage today head let's hit some over unders on receiving yardage but if you're going to do this head I need you to hit it rapid fire and not get hung up on any single bet do you think that you can handle that I can handle this, Jim, I'm ready for it. Okay, Packers QB Aaron Rodgers has made it pretty clear. It's championship or bust in what's probably going to be his last year in Green Bay. That said, Head, what is the yardage number for his favorite receiver, Devontae Adams, and how are you playing it? Over-under
1: is 1,300 yards this season, Jim. I'm going under here. I think Aaron diversifies a bit more this season, having more trust in Valdez, Scantling, Tanyan, Lazard, and Cobb. Is there this year? Plus, Devontae's never played 16 games in a season or has never started 16 games in a season. Last season, he played 14, the year before, 12, under 1,300 yards for Devontae Adams.
0: All right, so I'm going to hear that and I'm going to say, you know what, that's not in any way a shot against him, but I think you make a pretty good argument. Devontae Adams under 1,300. All right, moving on. You know Josh Allen can throw the hell out of it. I know you're a big Stephon Diggs guy. What is his number? 13.50
1: 13.50 is his number, Jim. I love him. He led the league in targets in his first season in Buffalo. They are all about passing it. Emmanuel Sanders now will take some of those targets. But Diggs went over 1,500 yards last year. Even if he comes off that 95 yards a game average, a touch, he still gets there over 13.50 in 17 games for Stefan.
0: Wow, over 13.50. All right, clones, are you getting all of this down? Also, all eyes on Arizona. It's a huge year in the desert for Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, who you know I love. What about his go to, DeAndre Hopkins? What is his number head, and how are you playing that one?
1: DeAndre's number is the same as Stefan's 1352, Jim, but I'm going to go under here. The Cardinals actually rushed the ball in Kingsbury's offense more than people realize. They had the sixth most attempts in the NFL a year ago. They also added A.J. G- Green. They drafted Rondale Moore, and I think Christian Kirk. Bounces back as well. He's talented. They got
0: weapons. Hopkins is still going to ball out, but under 1350. All right, so you're getting this all down. NFL Futures, we were talking receiver yardage, all things you can track during the year. Now, we know DK Metcalf is an absolute loadhead. Yes. Don't believe me? Ask our guy, Darius Slay.
1: <laughs>
0: so I turn around and heard it,
2: and I just try to brace myself. And he, boom. I said, boy, this is a heavy kid.
0: Mm, I'm hot. Mm, hot. <laughs> on top of that, you love that, right? Best sound ever. It is one of the best, Darius Slay. All right, so Russell Wilson said that his confidence hey, is at an all-time high. So what is Metcalf's number,
1: mm? 1,255 yards for the season. The worry here is Seattle prioritizing the run game again. In 2019, they had the third most attempts in the league gym. Last season, they were 17th in attempts. And Peter has said he wants to run the ball more but I'm still going over for DK. He had the second-most air yards in the entire league last, season, last season, meaning and good and over depth over in his routes. Big play, over over. dude. Over one two five five for DK Metcalf. My reaction
0: to you going with the over. One thing. hmm 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 All right, so one guy that I'm always interested in, but especially this year coming off an injury, Odell Beckham Jr. We know the Browns are going to run the hell out of it. Until we see him in the regular season, I can't really be sure where he is physically, although the reports have been very good. What's his number?
1: His number seems low to me, Jim. It's actually 925 yards for the season. I think people are actually sleeping on him this year. Yes, their focus will be the running game. Yes, he hasn't been great with Baker, and he wasn't last year with him but historically this offense does have one wide out putting up big numbers i think he's that guy and he also went for over a thousand yards in his first year in cleveland when they were a disaster i'm going over on odb
0: i can take that i get that all right so we're talking wide receivers but head we are currently living in the tight end era so why not go arguably with the best of the bunch travis kelsey what's his number <laughs> So
1: it's kind of strange on this one, too, Jim. You would I'll never know that. that
0: he's actually about six months
1: uh, difference in age as Gronk because he's I mean, he's playing a lot better than Gronk, without a doubt. His yardage is 1,300 yards for a mm. 31-year-old tight end. I get his circumstances with that explosive, explosive offense, Mahomes and the talent around it, but 31 years old, Jim, and a tight end historically, they don't get 1,000 yards. I'm going the under on Travis Kelsey here. Winthrop, he Winthrop? doesn't look or Winthrop. play
0: like a 31-year-old, though. No, Winthrop. he doesn't.
1: No, uh-uh. It's but just, dude, they do not put up numbers the way he's done it, and I'm just like, man. Even Tony Gonzalez, I went through all the greats yesterday looking at this number, and I'm like, dude, that is a
0: lot of yards. Now, Tyreek Hill, he's 1350. I think he goes over that. All right, the big head putting in time, doing work. Let's go to college football really quickly. It fires up with week zero and zero not a second too soon. Why don't we start zero. with a national championship, future or two? Obviously, you've got to start with the favorite, Alabama, plus 260. Do you like that number?
1: I like them winning the national championship. I wish the number was better, though. Um, imagine losing Jones, Harris, Smith, and Waddle in their defensive the guys that they did, and still being that much better than everyone else. Their offense won't be historic. But they will be very, very good on defense. they got depth all over the place. I will hit this, actually, as my hedge on 260 here.
0: All right, so really quickly, are you going to go with either Clemson or Ohio State next, or are you going to hunt for some value? Those would be the only uh, teams outside the SEC that I would think about
1: taking, but I'm actually going to go with an SEC team here, Jim. The fifth choice, Georgia Bulldogs at plus 700. I love Georgia. They have the talent to win it all, and Kirby's smart. Finally is playing the right quarterback in JT Daniels. They have a front seven on D that is absolutely nasty. Here's the problem. They do have a weakness in the secondary, and next week they play against Clemson, and they're banged up. So that scares me. It could be a bad bet starting next week, but they are talented. I'm going to go with Georgia and Bama. Two former high school teammates and JT Daniels and Bryce Young to get me some money
0: here. Really interesting. All right, so while we're on the topic, why don't we hit an actual game as opposed to focusing only on the futures. UTEP minus 10 at New Mexico State. Do you feel good enough about them to lay those points?
1: Yeah, that's the game I like in this week zero game. Um, I flirted with the over here. It started at 50. It's 59. So I'm just going to go with the minors minus the points right here. New Mexico State didn't play last season, and their defense struggled in the spring against two FCS transitioning schools the minors have 14 returning starters their D-line
0: should be good here to uh, tomorrow night. I'm going UTEP minus 10. Have you noticed we're getting fatter and fatter and fatter every Friday? More and more topics. Why don't we talk baseball before you go? In fact, before we get to what you're hitting on, let me get this off my chest one more time. Again, when doing this, you have to have discipline. You have to be non-emotional. Having said all that, I'm going to go full hypocrite and say I could not be more pissed about the Angels than I am right now. If the Orioles are the very personification of ass, then where does that leave the Angels? Angels who just got punked twice in a row by them. I bet them in the show in the Otani start. They Mm -hmm. kicked me in the package. Then Mm -hmm. I bet them yesterday in game like you did. And we got punched in the junk again. I know I got to shake this off head, but I'm not gonna lie. That pisses me off. Do I have a right to be or is this just business and do we keep moving?
1: The only thing better than Dodger or Laker, Jim, is Angry Gambler, Jim. I like him a lot, but uh, you do have a right. It is agitating hey, as hell, business business. and it's because so the easiest common-sense plays of the world right here never seem to pan out, Don't patronize Gym. me, I dude. Get, I get
0: my ass kicked on him all the time. Don't patronize me. Any baseball <laughs> matchups you like?
1: <laughs> um, Well, I was looking at a way-unders. That's the best value in baseball right now, but I couldn't find one, so I'm going to go Cincinnati at my uh, Miami. The Marlins don't hit lefties. The Reds hit righties, and that's in play right here. So let's go the Reds minus one and a half. This seems like the common sense easy play considering the Reds are fighting for a wild card and Miami is fighting for nothing, so who freaking knows? But Reds minus one and a half. If you don't
0: like it you can still get good value on the money line at minus 140. I'm not going to lie. I didn't hear a word you said after I got into that topic. I'm so pissed. All right, so what, what about YouTuber Jake Paul? I'm, I, once again, I am listening. Before we go, the YouTuber is at it again. Now, when this dude started boxing dudes, I could not have had any less interest. But as I took a closer look, you could see the guy is actually pretty proficient in the ring. And actually, whatever you say about him, brilliant outside of it in the way he picks his matchups. He's in arguably as tough as he's been with Tyron Woodley, we're talking boxing, not MMA, mm-hmm. and the YouTuber is favored yet again against a guy who was previously a legitimate force in his sport. What's the number and what are you doing right there? So, Paul's the favorite here at minus
1: 185 and it's gone down a little bit, and Woodley is at plus 145. So, here, here we go. W- Woodley isn't Ben Askren. Ben's here the worst striker are. in the history of the UFC, so he will be better than him. He could somewhat strike, but at the end of the day, he's still a wrestler, Jim. And this is a boxing match, like you just said. And Jake, he could do it decently. He's also bigger. I mean, if he could avoid Woodley's overhand right bomb, which is his best shot, I- I- I'm taking Jake Paul minus 185 here. I hate to do it, but it's a
0: boxing match. It's not a fight. I was going to say, I could just hear it like reluctantly. like You don't want to do it. You don't want to do that, do you? But you I, have to. I,
1: I absolutely hate it because I love these MMA guys, but I get why they're doing it. So Jake, but it's not look, him credit MMA. Credit to him and his brother. They're smart.
0: It, yeah, they brother. are smart, man. They're, they're not going to pick oh, guys. You, you know what up. they're doing? They're picking guys who have the most name value, who pose the least amount of threat. But Woodley is Woodley, and it is a step up. I mean, if this guy beats Tyrone Woodley then where does he go and then how much cred does he have
1: yeah it is a step up from ben and nate robinson's it's just i don't know where he goes after this he's got to he, he can in the best to the, the bank for boxing, one thing sparring people what's that
0: to the bank is where he goes after this no absolutely he is him and his brother all right so you're going to take him really quickly head that was a monster monster block can you run down all the picks really quickly on the way out the door reset me
1: Yes, Devontae Adams under 1,300. Stephon Diggs over 1,350. DeAndre Hopkins under 1,350. DK Metcalf over 1,255. Odell Beckham Jr. over 925. Travis Kelsey under 1,300 receiving yards for the season. College football futures. Hedge Bama at plus 260 and take a shot on Georgia at plus 700. Week 0 game tomorrow. UTEP at New Mexico State minus 10. Go UTEP. And also tonight... Reds uh, against Miami, minus one and a half on the run line. Take that plus 115 or go the minus 140 if you like the money line. And then Saturday night, Jake Paul, minus 180. And then I grit
0: the over at 61. Oh, smash that. (laughs) Good job, Ed. Have a great weekend. Let's get paid. Let's make some money. (laughs) Thank you. In fact, I even came up with your theme song. Let's have it. Fishing with Jim and Kevin. Welcome to the jungle. What's going on? What's cracking? My name is Jim Rome. Hope you had a great weekend and your week is off to a good start. Let's get it. Lots to get to on this Monday. Monday is always like that. A complete NFL roundup. Some breaking news involving Cam Newton. Yeah! Cam Newton is out the next five days due to COVID protocols. Welcome to the NFL in 2021. Further evidence, this is not a normal NFL season. And this is not a normal year. Trubisky on the run, finding Kuro. Trubisky's out there like somebody killed his dog and stole his car. He must Have been like, wait, what What? you're gonna replace me with Andy Dalton right now? Is that not the equivalent of somebody spitting in your face, right? In my face, Terry Speller, my guest training camp fights. Did you get into them? You know
3: what? I I was trying to preserve my energy, man. Now, if one of my guys got into it, gotta add on because we definitely watched the tape after the fight, and it's gonna be pointed
0: out if you didn't act accordingly for your teammate. Albie, I'm so sorry for your loss. Talking about Manny Pacquiao, the fighter, the champ, the senator. Soon to be president of the Philippines, Alvin is toast. telling you, man, father time still undefeated. David Shaw. I've been saying the
1: same thing since we started the playoff, which I think the number is eight. Makes it challenging enough, but it's big enough
2: to include, hopefully, all five power conferences, if we still have five by the time this
0: all comes. What is the best advice I've ever given my sons? Boys? Do not marry a pee-pee. Marry a nice person. Winston under pressure. Last night does mean that Jameis Winston is the Saints starting quarterback, even if Sean Payton is not ready to say so publicly. You know what? I think I do. Jameis I think I would. John Morosi. Jim my friend always the conversations and I'll be uh,
2: staying tuned later this hour for your conversation with Aaron you always have great interviews with Aaron Rodgers
0: we are joined by Aaron Rodgers thanks for having me back on
3: might not be as beautiful as the pictures that you like to post from your cabin up in great state of Wisconsin but it's been a good camp
0: Aaron are you approaching this like it might be your last season in Green Bay
3: yeah I definitely am but I did last year too Jim that's what puts me in the best frame of mind if I focus on how special this year is you know I did last year and had obviously a lot of success and that's what
0: I'll be doing this year again. My only concern about doing the hoodie voice is that my voice might get stuck. And then what if I come home and I say, hey, hey, Giano, what's going on? It's not funny. Oh, no, I know it's not funny. I'm stuck. Mm, you'll get used to it. when you say you and me go wrestle with this voice. Sonny <laughs> Dykes, you have had a lot of success in the transfer portal.
3: Everybody talks about culture and it's probably the most overused word now in athletics, but it's a
0: cliche because it's true. 36 minutes not per good. hot dog? Huh? Get Uh-oh. your hot dog habit down to a pack a day. And that hot chocolate habit it. Down to two pots a morning. Clean it up, old man. Game on? Now you came <laughs> on. Clean it up. Slam Diego. More Slam like Sham Diego. Diego. You know who the hell I am? The Spork. Somebody I message. Greg Vaughn. Everybody into the pattern and fix this jason terry basketball has given
3: me so much just the emotion walking into that arena as a gladiator and hearing the fans cheer your name sometimes hearing them boo you i mean it is priceless and it's something that i wouldn't trade for anything so clones there's a new sheriff in town his name's marty m-a-r-t-y why? Because Brad, is
0: played. It's time. You brought to light something that a lot of people struggle <laughs> with. <laughs> and then you start to feel yourself. And then you got run. E-mail. Diarrhea, diarrhea of the mouth is an extremely <laughs> underrated phrase. It's the image of somebody diarrhea. opening up their mouth and volumes of diarrhea pouring out. Coin Dang is my guest. How would you describe your skills as a basketball player? Hey, I was a bucket, man. <laughs> you were a bucket, motor. dude. Football player motor. Playing harder than everybody else. He held a gun right on me. And I told him, you know, I had the balls to shoot me. But, you know, then he shot me. They're going to kill me. So what what am I going to do? Be nice? Chalk says to me, hey, good morning, Jim. I say, good morning, Chalk. He goes, you missed a murder. I'm like, what? (laughs) He's like, a mouse murder. All you had to do was stick that mouse in a folder and say, yo, Alvy, I've got an inner office memo for you, bro. (laughs) Since linebacker, Demario Davis, my guest. The juice boys. You know, y'all bring the cups and ice. We gonna bring the juice. Jay Norvell. I, I loved your interview with Aaron Rodgers. I really took a lot from his interview. If the Orioles are the very personification of ass, then where does that leave the Angels? Ugh. I grit the over at 61. Oh, smash that. Roam,
3: Rome. <laughs> Rex is a dog's name. Rex is a dog's name.
0: You watch to gamble every weekend. Thanks hey, for having me, mean, Jim. Be safe. It's
3: a dynasty, please. No doubt. Talk to you
0: soon, Romy. Mm, here, here we go again, radio man. Mr. some himself. Love it,
3: Jim. Keep doing your thing, brother. <laughs> Give me some oxygen and water. Anybody with a hard
0: line in Poway? That's me. Greg. 5 p.m.
3: at Water Grill for drinks, bro. Bra. Y'all be there, bro.
2: time with Kiermaier and Romy.
3: You're the best, Jim. Thanks for that jungle karma, man. I need it. Good night now.
0: We go to the phones. Yo, Paul's dog, what's up?
3: <laughs> Private hearing noises about a fake dog in a jungle. I'm looking at Rex near Albuquerque. Rex, a dog, pretended to be a human. Rex is a dog's name. When Rex calls, all he talks about his pooping. That's what dogs do. Can you imagine being a human and have to follow Rex around with a plastic bag, Like a shovel, hefty, hefty, hefty. Scooby, Scooby, Scooby! When Rex farts, he blames it on his humans. But Rex's takes are good. Oh no, no, no! Rex's takes are great. These takes are Rex. Great for a to poop on. Roll away, Rex! Only one dog for this jungle. That's me, Paul's dog. Roar, roar, roar. roar Mad dog Greg Maddox.
0: really liking to pitch. Rough me, rum out. Do what the dog said. Rock him. He's out. Rock him. Paul's dog, if you're watching on CBS Sports Network also, they were rolling pictures of Paul's dog. I think he said something along the lines of, can you imagine having to follow Rex around with a blue bag and a shovel?
3: Rex is a dog's name.
0: Rex is a dog's name. Huntington Beach. Silk. What's up, brah? What's up, brah? There he is.
3: Hey, man, I just want to let you and the clones know I'm wearing my swag chain for this call, bruh. Sanny Seagro, is there anyone with a pulse in Bonsol? Sunset Cliffs, Point Loma, Scripps Ranch. Bruh, shout out to the Mustard and Brown. Love those guys, bruh. More things change, the more they stay the same. What was swaggy in April and May is just awful in August, you know. I was in the supermarket this morning, saw in Us Magazine. You know, they do that who wore it better thing. They were comparing the Padres and the Titanic. Um, you know, they even screwed over the MLB schedule makers, got them to buy into the hype. So instead of playing the Giants at the end of the season, the Dodgers are going to be playing the Padres. What a mess, brah. What a Padre fan. So just a little shout-out to the water-hoarding, no cows, Friscoites, yay area types giants have had a great season they've been really good um but the dodgers are kind of like that uh warning that's in your side view brought objects and mirror are closer than they appear um yeah we're two and a half back but five weeks to make up two and a half games i feel pretty good about that so we'll see you we'll see you in the end no cows um i wanted to push back on your uh, otani take from last week i'm not going to say he's not good he's awesome it's probably the best story in mlb he's a one-off i mean he's great of course but he kind of reminds me of that saying of a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it. Does it make a sound? Um, he plays in Anaheim. Collins. Anaheim's in Orange County. It's not in L.A. The only people who care about that team are some people in Lake Paris, Riverside, Hemet. I mean, it's a graveyard. Look, I mean, they've got Trout, Rendon, and Otani. If you want to see Otani, you have to watch highlights or go to your ballpark to see him. And hopefully you live in Oakland because then maybe you can see him more. So, yeah, he's great. But what's the point? Why, I mean, I am I know why he wants to live in Orange County. I get that. But come on, brah. Um, I'd rather watch A.J. Pollock in October than Otani in August. Brah, hope you have a good weekend. I'll see you tonight, 5 p.m. at Water Grill for drinks, brah. It's going to be awesome.
0: Good night now. Rack him. Silk in Huntington Beach coming in just Rock pissing him. people off. Good night now.